and a glorious, wonderful week and a great day. I pray the Lord today is going to really use this wonderful teaching to really speak to you and to bless you and to strengthen you. What a wonderful Lord we serve. So, why were we born? Why are we here? Were we born into this world to know our family? Were we born to know friends? No. We were born to know the Lord. That's the only reason you and I were brought into this world by our parents. Because the day comes when mommy and daddies go, when family is gone, and there's only one who's left, who never leaves us or forsakes us. His name, Jesus, our most wonderful, precious Jesus. Where would we be without him? I don't even want to think about this. I've said to the Lord so many times, I said, Lord, it would have been better to have not been born than to live without you. And to him be the praise, because he gives us the reason to live. Our life belongs to him. He is all in all to us. And Lord, thank you for your love, and thank you for loving us, and thank you for dying for us on the cross. And thank you, Lord, that your presence is so real in our life. To you, and only to you be the praise. May we live to please you every hour of every day in your precious name, Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. So knowing the Lord is the, is the reason for life. Moses had a great hunger. And hunger is the sign of life. As long as you and I are hungry, all is well. And look at this hunger in him. Exodus 33, 13. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight. Wow. His whole cry here is wanting to know the Lord. And you'd think he already knew him because he met him at the burning bush. He saw the, the, his incredible power in Egypt. Imagine God revealing himself as the great I am. And yet he would cry, I still don't know you, Lord. I want to know you more. That's what Paul said, if you all remember, that I may know him. And you think, well, Paul, surely you know the Lord, didn't you? No, because knowing the Lord is it's an ongoing revelation of who Jesus is. And that's the reason really for life and for really eternity. So, Those of us who hunger for the Lord, we will discover something amazing that God will reveal to us because he did reveal that to Moses. And it says in Exodus 35, sorry, 34, I should say, and verse 5, this is something so powerful because when you read this amazing portion, so in Exodus 33, 13, Lord, I want to know you. In Exodus 34, verse 5, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth. And watch this, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, 
visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the children's children, unto the third and fourth generation. So God revealed three things to him. So when you and I are hungry for God and we want to know him, God reveals, number one, his mercy, his nature, really, which is mercy. And then he reveals his love. And then his justice, his justice. So he says to Moses, the Lord, the Lord is. He is merciful, he's gracious, he's long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth. So here you see his nature. His nature is he's merciful, he's he's gracious, he's long-suffering. And then you see his love. He says, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. That's his love. And then he goes on, but he, he, he will visit the iniquity of those who sin against him. That's his justice. Now, the minute we desire to know the Lord, and this is the key, I believe, to knowing the truth of his word, because if you and I don't, they have the hunger in us to know the Lord, we will never really know his word. There's no way we, we even can. So today, people that you know don't believe the Bible, they question the Bible and all that, it's because they don't know the Lord. They just don't know him. So it says in Psalm 86, 11, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. So Lord, I'm so hungry for you, I want to know you. So teach me your way. And when you do teach me who you are, I will know your truth. I will know your word. Teach me thy way, O Lord. And then he says, I will walk in thy truth. And then you will unite my heart to fear your name. So really, uh, people that don't fear God don't know God. People that don't know the Bible don't know the Lord. So knowing the Lord is the key. When you get to know the Lord, that's the key that will reveal his word, that will bring his fear into your life. You'll walk in a, you know, holy and you live holy. But that's the cry of every true believer. And you know that that, that cry is in you when you're hungry for the Lord. You know, I've said many times, hunger is the sign of life. And, and the minute someone, like in the physical realm, the minute someone is sick, what do they lose first? Their appetite. When people become sick spiritually, what do they lose? Hunger for the Lord, their appetite. So anyone who's lost their hunger, be alarmed. Because the Bible says, blessed are they that hunger, that hunger and thirst. They shall be filled. So hunger is what God looks for in us. Are we hungry? Now, maybe I'm talking to someone today who's losing their hunger. Well, you can, you can see that re- restored quickly by going back to, to the Lord and asking him to forgive you and asking him to touch you and tell him, Lord, I want to know you. And that hunger will come right back because it begins with a desire. It begins with a desire, you know. So, and when you, when you have that, everything changes. Now, listen carefully. God's greatest desire is that we know him, but, but, he doesn't want us to know him with a mentality that looks for benefits. 
God does what he wants us to know him. Of course, it's his, his desire for us is to know him. But he does not want us to know him with a mentality that says, what can I get out of it? You know, so once I know the Lord, does this mean he'll bless me or prosper me? When I know the Lord, oh goodness, I'm going to get so blessed, I have a big ministry. No, no, no. Never, never think that way. And when someone thinks that way, their desire to know him is not real. Because the, the desire to know the Lord has really one amazing result. And that, let's, let's look at it in Philippians. Why did Paul want to know the Lord? Well, he said uh, in, in, in the amazing portion here in Philippians 3, verse 8, he says, Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss. I don't want benefits. <laughs> I want to lose everything for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, or rubbish is the, you know, is the Greek, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto what? His death. So knowing the Lord, when you get to know the Lord, what happens is you lose sight of self. Because that's what happened to Moses. Let me take you back quickly to Exodus 34, because this is so powerful. And a lot of people sometimes miss that portion because it's in verse 29. Uh, you know, he's crying uh, in chapter 33, 13, Lord, I want to know you, and so forth. And then God reveals himself. And the result of God revealing himself is what? Verse 29 of Exodus 34. It came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of testimony in Moses' hand. When he came down from the mountain, that Moses wished not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. Because earlier in verse 5, the Lord revealed himself. He said, the Lord is merciful and gracious, long-suffering. And then later, you see God giving Moses the law, and then the next thing you read in verse 29 is, he lost sight of self. So this is very powerful, that the reason anyone wants, wants to know the Lord is because they don't want to know themselves. They don't want to know themselves. Knowing the Lord cancels self. That's what happened. The more you know him, the less you know yourself. And the less you want to know yourself. Because self is gone. Self disappears. The flesh is really what I'm talking about. Disappears. Because when we say self, we mean the flesh, the old life, you know, the old nature. So that begins to leave us. The knowledge of the Lord releases us from the flesh. And so Paul says that I may know him and the part of his resurrection because I want to know death to self. I want to see an elimination of the flesh in my life. And that scripture is so beautiful and so powerful because 
when you read it, <clears throat> he says, I want to be conformable unto his death. I want to die for him and with him. What a blessed life. What a blessed life. Because remember this, please. Without Jesus, there's no, there's no reason for life. He, he is our life. Why live? Uh, look at the way people live. They get up in the morning, they work all day, they work so hard so they can pay their bills, and then they, they get old and die. Is that what life is really about? No. It's about knowing the Lord. Because eternity is the next step. You know, next step. That's, that's really why we're here. This is only a test for eternity. This is only a test. This life is only a test of what God will trust us with eternally. I pray that you're, you're really hearing me. This life is only a test with what will happen to us eternally. What will God trust us with eternally and so much more. There are people today who have gone, many of whom are not in heaven at all, who wish they can have the chance to be back here to make the right choice. Please hear me. Be glad you're alive to still have the chance to make a choice, the time to make a choice for God. What is done for Christ will last, you know. It'll go on. What is done for yourself and others, we lose. Only what's done for Jesus has, has any meaning. So Paul says in Colossians 1.10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And that is really what we have to do. We have to increase in that knowledge. So knowing the Lord is an ongoing knowing the Lord. We, we continually, we, we, we keep growing in that. And the more we grow in it, then things begin to happen. And look what it says. I'm going to take you to Psalm 81. It's so beautiful, you know. Because it shows us the results of knowing the Lord. What, what do we get out, in, out of knowing the Lord? Wow. Oh, that my people, I'm reading uh, verse 13, Psalm 81, 13 through 16. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries or enemies. The haters of the Lord should have submitted un, uh, themselves unto him. But their time, those who know me, but their time should have endured forever. If you want to be in the presence of the Lord forever, I'm giving you the key. Get to know him. So not only does God deliver us from our enemies on earth, including the devil himself and all the devils with him, but more than that, we will endure forever with him. And then it says, he should have fed them also with the finest wheat, with honey out of the rock, should I have satisfied thee. Wow. No lack in life here either. So 
when we get to know the Lord and we are we willingly want to lose self, the Bible says that God Almighty will subdue our enemies, will be free from them. Those who hate him will submit themselves to him. Yet our time would be forever and we would be fed with the finest wheat and honey out of the rock. And that talks about a blessed life on earth. Knowing the Lord gives us such peace, such joy. Yeah, the the troubles continue because that's just life. But they just don't affect us spiritually. They don't affect us. That peace that passes all understanding is always there. That joy in the presence of God is always there. And when trials come, we just overcome them like that. Why? We know the Lord. Knowing the Lord gives us incredible strength in our hearts. Now, we cannot know the Lord through his nature and creation. We can know part of his ways, but that's not really enough. The, the, you know, Bible is clear that only a part of his ways. So the unbeliever cannot know God through creation because it says for uh, these are parts of his ways. When you read Job 26, 13, by spirit he hath garnished the heavens, he formed the crooked serpent, but these are only parts of his ways, how little a portion is heard of him. Wow. So we, we, we can only know him by his Holy Spirit. Because in 1 Corinthians 2, and we have to ask him for that. We have to ask him. I'm telling you, it's all for the asking. Think about just, because that's what Paul said, that I may know him. He was, he was asking for it. And God wants you to cry out, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you with all my heart. Because now, that, then you'll discover why you're here. What's the reason for living? They'll give you fulfillment in life, satisfaction in life, because nothing will fulfill you in life. Nothing. You can get attached to a human being, but then they're gone. Even your children, even your parents. You cannot do that because they're not with you forever. But Jesus is there all the time, all the time. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 11 and 12, for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit. So we know him only by the Holy Spirit because it says we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of, of God that we might know not only know the Lord, but know the things he wants us to have. So God knows you. God knows every thought in your mind before you think it, every act before you do it. And the minute you come to know the Lord, he puts a difference between you and those who don't know him. He treats you different. In, uh, in, in Proverbs 12 and verse 26, it says, the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor. <laughs> I love this. So God, God treats you different because you're his people. The righteous is more excellent than, than his neighbor. I love this. And we who are his are commanded to be holy. And that's the only way to be holy is to know him. You become holy as you know the Holy One. You become holy as you know the one who is holy. 
The Bible says, be holy as I am holy. Well, you can't be holy without knowing that I am who is holy. So that's the only way to be holy. When you get to know the Lord, you, you don't have to struggle for holiness, struggle for righteousness. You become like him as you know him. So knowing him transforms us. Isn't that amazing? It's so simple. The Lord says, just get, you know, get to know me, get to know me. But I want to say something here that's really, really, really important. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be your name forever, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me read you 1 Corinthians 15, 33, because um, you have to make a decision. It says, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. So you can't let people be around you who are not godly. You really cannot know the Lord if you have the wrong company around you. So he says, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and then I will receive you. Then God will reveal himself to you. Be ye not unequally yoked, 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What agreement has, has the temple of God with idols? I'm reading verse 16. But then he says this, come out, wherefore come out from among them. In verse 17, touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. I'll be a father to you. You'll be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I'm talking to someone right now. Yes, you want to know the Lord. There's hunger in you to know the Lord. But he'll not reveal himself to you as long as you have these friends you have. It's just not, not going to happen. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and then I will receive you. I had to make that decision when I got saved because I knew it would be impossible for me to walk with Jesus and know the Lord if I had unbelieving friends. Now, let me give you, give you a very loving warning. In Proverbs 25, 26, we have a warning because it says here that if we go back into the world, our way will become foggy and we will not find the way back to God. When, when people go back into the world, what happens is they become polluted. And that pollution or that fog that the world gets into them, they become so foggy, they don't even know how to find the Lord, you know, how to find them again. So Proverbs 25, 26 is a powerful, powerful portion. It says, a righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring. That's powerful. A righteous man falling down before the wicked becomes like a troubled fountain, a corrupted fountain, a, a murky corrupted fountain. And he becomes also like a polluted well or a polluted spring, it says here, a corrupt spring, which means he really can't find his way back. Because those who walk away from God, who go back to the world, because it says, come out from among them, be separate. But if, if, if people go back to their old friends and old world, they become so foggy, they can't find God again. 
So let's, let's not do that. Let's, let's, let's stay in the faith. Let's be strong in the Lord because this is where you belong. I'm talking to someone who needs to hear this today because you've been kind of have had some turbulence in your life. I, I just know it in the spirit that I'm talking to someone who's had this in your life. No, the Lord is still calling you and Jesus does not leave easily. Jesus does not leave easily. Even when we, when, when we stumble and start looking back, he, he draws us back to himself as long as we are willing. And I think the Lord today is using what I'm saying to talk to you about coming back home. Because he does not give up easily. He, he does not let you go easily. So please come home. And those who are home, stay home with the Lord, I mean, you know. Stay close to the Lord. I have two main assignments today. Number one, to strengthen the saints. And number two, to prepare the next generation for what God wants to do with them. I'm still ministering. I'm still going. In fact, I just met with the first lady of Kenya. She, in fact, flew to the the U.S. just to invite me to come to her country. I'm going next January to Kenya and to Uganda because Pastor Robert Gainja from Uganda came with her. And yes, I'm traveling, but my main focus today is to strengthen the body of Christ and prepare the young people of today for what God wants to do with them tomorrow. And I, I just sense this message today is needed to keep you strong in the Lord. Increase the knowledge of the Lord in you. Lord, thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, you'll bless your people today. I'm blessed that one Lord who needs this. Strengthen them, Lord, in their hearts. Empower them to live the Christian life. Bless them in every way, Lord, and fill them afresh with the Holy Spirit. Fill them afresh with your power. In your mighty name, Lord, and set them free from the world. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Well, thank you for being with me. But before you go, I'm going to ask you to sow seed in the work of the Lord because it's his word. It's his command. And the Bible says clearly, if you receive spiritual things, it's our obligations to give our money to the Lord so we can continue doing what we're doing in blessing people's lives. But also giving is critical in this hour because giving will keep heaven open over your life in a natural way, that God will open the heavens over you because he says, I will open the heavens and pour you a blessing. There'll not be room enough to receive it in Malachi's. So giving is, is, is important. And what a privilege for us to give to the Lord's work, to spread the gospel to the world. And we receive so much back from the Lord. We receive such great blessings from the Lord. And if I'm talking to someone today who has a financial problem, there is only one way out of of a financial problem. And it's not by going to the bank and borrowing money. It's not by going deeper into debt. It's not by investing money in the wrong places where you can lose it. And even if you do invest money, if you're not a giver, you will lose it. I'll say it again, even those who invest money in, the, in business or the world or 
the market or this or that. If you're not a giver, you will lose that money eventually. Only givers are protected from loss. Only givers are protected from loss financially. So if you are struggling financially, if you're looking for financial blessings, if you want to be out of the problem you're in, there's only one way out. It's called giving. Sowing seed. Give, it shall be given unto you. So let faith come, let your faith come alive again about this. I know you've been discouraged and you've heard things you didn't like to hear and all that. I know that. But it's still the, the word of God. You, we cannot change the promises of God. He said, if you give, you, you will receive. Give, it shall be given unto you. When we honor the Lord, we'll receive it. And I think sometimes people don't receive because they're not really honoring the Lord when they give. When I know you are, because I know you love him. So let's honor him with our giving, with our money. And he will honor us for that and bless us way beyond, way beyond even our ability to even believe for it. So Lord, I pray with them right now that you'll bless them financially. Not only that you, you should speak to them on the amount they should sow, but Lord, send the harvest with abundance. And Lord, that person who needs that miracle quickly, Lord, let it come on time. Let that financial miracle happen on time for your glory and honor. Give you all the praise. And God's people said, amen, amen. Tomorrow, a very powerful teaching. I, I, I want to help you understand how do you find God's perfect will for your life. Some of you have, have decisions to make, and that's a tough one, but God has, a, has an answer for us. Listen, you can give on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benin.org, or you can text BHM45777. Much love to you. I'll see you tomorrow. And please share this teaching with your friends. Bye-bye. Benihan Ministries has stayed on the cutting edge for the past five decades, making the move from analog television to digital broadcasts, HDTV, the Internet, streaming live events, and social media. Today's fast-changing bold new world brings an entirely new set of challenges. What we did in 1974 when this ministry began, or in 2000, or even 2022, will not be effective in 2023, and who knows what 2024 and beyond will bring. Benny Hinn's ministry has been at the forefront of each innovation that provides a better way of taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world more effectively and efficiently. Today, more than ever before, we stand on the edge of a bold new world. From the beginning, the Lord made it clear that keeping and storing all archives and resources should be a top priority. This is a new hour. This is the Joshua generation. Now I want to tell you something. The first thing God said to Moses is go down. The first thing he said to Joshua is arise. We're not a people who are going down. We are the ones who are rising up. Even with controlled temperature storage facilities, time has been the enemy. Tape warping, decay, housing detachments, cracks, shredding, and breakdowns happen. Older tapes break, disintegrate, and require surgical type methods of restoration. Thus far, we've rescued and digitized 10,500 of the 13,437 tapes from the past half century. 
To God be the glory. A conservative estimate to finish this digitation process is a million dollars to restore the final 30% of these disintegrating tapes and move everything over to a much more permanent digital format. The project, already started, can be completed fairly quickly. Imagine, if you will, what could happen if all of our digitized material could be used to translate everything into every language on Earth. It is possible, even better, how exciting would it be to translate these materials using the same voice as originally spoken, yet in all of the different dialects around the world. Pastor Benny speaks several languages, but imagine if his teachings became available online with him speaking in Swahili, Mandarin, Portuguese, Belarusian, or Cherokee. This amazing AI tool will be useful around the world. Pastor Benny's legacy, life's work, calling, and anointing will be preserved for generations yet to come until the Lord returns. And with artificial intelligence tools that can translate all of the digitized materials into languages around the world, we can truly fulfill our Lord's great commission. Nearly 50 years ago, this great adventure known as Benny Hen Ministries began with one voice. Today, that one voice continues to be amplified over and over through every possible means. It's time to finish the job. What happens next will be the greatest blessing of all.